with Jess. Hi. And this is Loud. We are going to be talking about the importance of having difficult conversations. And if you're new to this podcast, I am bringing together the voices of young people in the world to talk about things from wide scale and systemic issues to the things that affect people on a personal level and give our perspectives. Because let's face it, most of the time we're only hearing from the older generations. And if you have a topic that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, we are now on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So you can send us a message through there and follow us for more podcast updates and behind the scenes content. The handles are in the description. Okay, so Jess, why don't you introduce yourself and let the audience know a bit more about you? Okay. Hi, I'm Jess. I'm 17 and I'm here to chat to you and the loud table about difficult conversations and why they're important. Okay, cool. So what made you want to talk about this subject? Well, I think that in general, we've been kind of taught to skirt around important topics that are stigmatised as weird or too deep. And I think that's quite unfair on the people that the issues that we're avoiding affect. To give an example, it would be like neurodiversity, all kinds of mental illness, LGBT rights and stuff like that. Later on, we'll have a a few people on the loud table from groups like this. And I just want to make... I want to make sure that we've got an accepting online presence for them and everyone listening. So this kind of felt like a natural step for the second episode. I also feel like Loud needs to put right out there from the outset that the things that we're going to discuss aren't always going to be light and fluffy and we're not always going to be joking, but we're actually going to be getting into the gritty bits and make some people uncomfortable. So what's the main thing that you want people to take away from this episode? Uh, If there was only one thing that all of our listeners could take away, it would probably be that we need to keep on talking, talking about mental health, talking about the issues that we're facing, standing up for ourselves. We can't be quiet about these things that are hurting us anymore. What about you? Well, definitely, like you were saying, I think it would be good to encourage conversation and encourage healthy dialogue away from the toxic environments we might see elsewhere and actually make a concerted effort to bring at least our generation together in a way that allows us to collectively grow and learn from one another. Uncomfortable conversations are definitely things I want to promote. However, I want to do it in a way that takes the traditionally uncomfortable topics and makes them more comfortable to tackle and face. So before we get on to the conversation, last week we actually put some questions on our Instagram story asking people what the most uncomfortable conversations they've had are. Do you want to go through some of those answers? Yeah, yeah. So let's just see what issues people will mainly face. Okay, so I've pulled it up and the main things that people said were self-identity, the LGBT community and the issues that they're facing, failing grades, mental health, neurodiversity and racism. Wow, so that's actually quite a few a few topics then. I think that pretty much shows us the areas that really need more focus. Yeah, I definitely agree. Oh, and before we move on, since you mentioned having an accepting online presence, what does that look like to you? 
Um, I feel like anyone with any sort of online platform kind of has a duty to create somewhere safe for people to come and ask questions and to have respectful discussions about what's going on without fear of judgment. To me, it looks like a community which puts out constant positive messages to encourage each other, but also where we're able to openly call out people who aren't necessarily being too kind in the way they act or speak to others. That's nice. So let's just get right into it then. If you're listening, welcome to segment two, The Loud Table. Hi, I'm Ellie. Hi, I'm Isla. Hi, I'm Jess. Hi, I'm Matt. Hi, I'm Rihanna. Okay. So before we jump into the loud table, we do have a quick trigger warning. If you're sensitive to discussions about topics such as depression, domestic violence and abuse, teen pregnancy and overdoses, please listen with discretion. What are difficult conversations to you guys, like on the loud table, that you think other people can relate to as well so things like with Black Lives Matter when all the movement started we started to have more difficult conversations about race and police brutality in the UK and I think it's just stuff like that so what kind what are kind of difficult conversations to you? Um, I feel like a difficult conversation I have is like mental health like especially with my family I struggle to talk to them and communicate like if I'm having a bad day <clears throat> it'll take like a lot before I let my family know or they spot it that I'm not having a very good day. I find it quite difficult to come and tell them that I'm struggling. So I need help. So now that'd be a difficult conversation I think I'd have. I don't know why, if anyone else has that. Why, why do you Yeah, I agree. Why do you think you, you find it so difficult to talk to your parents about your mental health? I don't know. It's just I bottle it up. I like I'll bottle everything up until something will just kind of tip me over and then like it's not necessarily I just be having a bad day I just don't talk to them about everything leading up to it until like like once my brother said something and that just tipped me over the edge and then it seems like I'm being really dramatic because my brother's just said something stupid but it's not it's because I've not had that conversation with them throughout and then it um builds up and then yeah I get that I, I really feel that because like with um mental health I think especially lately with lockdown like being alone all the time as much as you might be an introvert it's still been hard on everyone and um, mental health mine I know really went downhill during lockdown and I still feel it's really really hard for me at the moment to like express my feelings to other people especially like my family because it's not something that we've naturally done in the past we don't just go up to people and say I'm having a really difficult day today like we've actually had to come a long way in saying you know what it's normal to have bad mental health days so we need to kind of normalize that kind of conversation in our families yeah that's yeah Rihanna, i noticed you agreed with ilo when she said that is there anything you want to add to that have you had a personal problem in communicating like your mental feelings yeah i feel like it's quite difficult because you can be having a bad day and then you don't want to tell anyone because you feel like maybe they won't understand or maybe they just won't react the way you want them to because you you might want them to be quite caring about it and have a, have a good reaction but then in your head you might be overthinking it because I know I do that and I just think well they'll just think I'm being stupid because it's, it's such a small thing and to, to them they'll find it so small and they just they just won't understand so it's really difficult to find someone who who gets who gets it and who yeah. understands feels the same way and a big problem with that I think is like feeling a, like you're a burden on someone 
Like you don't really want to yeah. do that to your friends. You're like, oh, I don't want to put this on them because they might be having a bad time and I don't want my friends to have to deal with my problems as well as their own, which I might not know about. And that can be a like another obstacle that you've got to get over to make yourself feel better yeah I think that's a really good one as well because like when you're in kind of a for me when I'm in a depressive episode or like I'm not having a good time it's right then where I don't want to talk to people because I want to distance myself so that nobody sees me if that makes sense but the that's like the complete opposite of what you're you need to be doing so I think it's maybe talking to people around you like parents and telling them how they can tell that you're not having a good day instead of you having to go to them every single time I think that's a good thing that we could try to start normalizing yes Aaliyah I know you were saying something earlier what were you saying I was gonna say that um, I found this especially since I've transitioned I found that like talking about how I feel is a million times harder because I feel like especially where I've been out so long there's a lot more expectations and I think sometimes I put more expectations on myself to be able to deal with my emotions and to not talk about them especially seeing the way that other people my age behave. Do you feel that um being like cuz I know you're I think the first person in our year group to come out like in was it year 7? Yep. Um, yeah, do you feel like that sort of like put a lot of pressure on you to sort of be a role model for all the other people in our year that was maybe like closeted and stuff like that? I mean, to an extent, I feel like, especially when I had younger people asking me for advice, I felt that like there was definitely more pressure in that regard. But then again, at the end of the day, I, I can't ever force myself to be a role model, especially considering a lot of the time I'm just as inexperienced and I don't really know what's going on either. Does anyone else have anything they want to add to that? Yeah, I think what you said earlier about coming out, like less with my family, but I had friends that I'd known for a really, really long time and I felt like I was ready to come out to them. And I wouldn't say they weren't accepting, they just, you know, they didn't really talk to me after that and I'd known them for like 14 years and they just didn't want to be around me anymore and that sort of set me back quite a lot in how comfortable I felt coming out to other people that I knew would like accept me but I didn't want to do that just in case because I thought these people would accept me as well. And that was a very difficult conversation that I had to have. Yeah, I really, I really, oh, Elia. <laughs> I just want to add on, I, I can't relate because personally I'm straight, so I haven't had to come out. I haven't been closeted and stuff like that. But one thing I would say in terms of like talking to friends about certain things is for me, for a long time, it was very difficult for me to talk about race and topics to do with that because for me it was like a normal thing I've grown up like talking about it with my family and stuff but talking to other people people just sort of seemed to shut down when I spoke to them or like it got to a point where I you know something had happened which made me talk about something and it was in relation to race so before like I wasn't afraid to say like oh because of this certain thing to do with like black people or black culture and then people were sort of just I remember um some girls were like oh she's having that race conversation again and stuff like that and I like that type of culture and mentality really puts a damper on having those sort of conversations because while you're not personally uncomfortable talking about it other people make you feel uncomfortable they make you feel like your contribution isn't worthwhile and the things that you're saying aren't important or it's just something to be disregarded as like another race conversation and what I noticed is when um when um the Black Lives Matter movement picked up in when was it was it June sometime around then I think so um, yeah yeah when it picked up again suddenly people wanted to know what I wanted to say or my input and stuff like that I'm like well okay but two months ago if I'd have the same conversation with you you wouldn't have wanted to listen to me you would have just brushed me off so 
What's that about? Yeah, I I kind of get that. I don't, you know, you can't relate completely. But how I feel like if I'm talking about like the LGBT community and like, you know, especially what Trump's doing in America and marriage equality, they'll kind of like brush it off and feel uncomfortable because like, oh, I'm straight. Like she's probably like, you know, yeah, she's having a go at me. And, you know, so I don't know if it feels like, like because they're white and it's like, oh, she's having a go at all like white people. It's like, oh, you just hate the straight people because of this and this, and it's not our fault. And I think that's why we need to have those conversations. Like, it wasn't even like, oh, um, feeling like I'm attacking them. It's just like they don't want to hear about it because it's not something they've ever had to worry about. And it's like, oh, black people make everything about race. Like, we don't make everything about race, but you made everything in my life about race and then choose to not acknowledge that when I point it out. So... Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it's kind of like when people have a certain level of privilege, which they don't have to pay attention to the inequality that's going on in the world. When they have that privilege, they automatically shut down. And I think we all do it sometimes. We all shut down to things that we don't have to pay attention to. So like I might post something on my Instagram story about LGBT rights and I'm like, well, this is really, really important to me. But then someone from, I don't know, anywhere who's completely cis and het, they might just be like, you know what? I don't really care, so I'll just scroll right past it. But I think... I know we don't have to know everything and it's impossible to be aware of every inequality, but we, I think we need to make a more of an effort to be able to pay attention to things that don't apply to us, but apply to all of humanity. So not just limiting things to how important we are, but making sure that we're educated on things that are happening to our friends. I was going to say that, like, um, it's kind of diverting a little bit, but also, like, another uncomfortable conversation, because I know we're, we're, we're picking up on, like, really big issues, like uh, mental health, sexuality, gender, uh, race, but some sort of uncomfortable conversations that we don't really have with our friends is when people disrespect us or cross our personal boundaries. Like, that's such a small thing, but people don't really want to talk about that. Some people, like, when if, if someone upsets them, you're more scared to tell them, like, hey, this isn't okay with me. Then you know they are to just disrespect you and sometimes I think it's important to have the little uncomfortable conversations rather than the big ones because even something so simple like we don't ever have to talk about race within a friendship um or we don't even ever have to talk about sexuality or something if if I can't even talk to you about your behavior or whether I feel like I've been disrespected by you then it's like another another big massive question mark why why have we looked over that for so long I feel like I am definitely at fault for not having those small little discussions because I don't like having those discussions I don't like telling someone oh I don't like what you did because I don't know I'm just I'm not very not confrontational but like but does that depend on the person does that depend on the person because looking at like different relationships with someone any of you here like even you I like I would just turn around if I'm not happy with something you've done and I'm like don't don't do that don't don't say that or like whatever I I don't feel I don't have a problem so is it really on us to say that like oh uh I have a problem with talking to this because sometimes you don't have a problem with it sometimes it's the other person having a problem that prevents us from having that conversation I think I get what you mean I think what Isla's saying is like you know there's confrontational people and then there's non-confrontational people and I know I'm not a very confrontational person I don't like debates I don't like fights I don't like when people are arguing with, with each other but then it's impossible for me to not get angry at inequality and so if I'm mad that someone said something I will have to somehow bring that up to them like why would you say that about this group of people that's wrong but 
at the same time within friendships it's not just the big inequalities that we need to talk about what Ali is saying is like we need to be talking about if someone's personally disrespected you so I don't like the tone in which you said that to me or I don't like how you've said that that really hurt me and I think that's a really important conversation to be able to have and even non-confrontational people like myself it's a skill that we have to develop in order to make the world a better place because we need to be able to understand that we have to listen to other people in order to strengthen friendship I'm gonna have to cut it again though because you both said something about like being non-confrontational but why is pointing something out so small why does it count as a confrontation when in reality it should just be you know something you know go on Isla what I I didn't I'm gonna not backtrack but I'm gonna try and explain what I meant a little bit clearer I didn't mean like if someone has said something that like should not have been said and is like disrespectful to a high high level like if you've just said something you probably shouldn't have said then I will say boy shouldn't have said that what I meant was it's the small different little like maybe a little snippet of something that I think I might have heard of I'm not entirely sure that's when I don't like to step in air quotes over step in that was I didn't mean like the big if someone has said something they definitely shouldn't have had said or something like that that has then disrespected me and done me wrong then I will step in I think especially in my circumstances there's a lot of times that I've had to confront people on others behalf because of like especially with transphobic comments because I know a lot of the people at least that I know who are trans don't necessarily have the confidence to stand up for themselves even if it's not in a confrontational way sometimes you have to approach it from like an educational kind of stance sometimes people need to be pulled up on the way they act and if you have to do that for someone else then that's doing something for the greater good I guess yeah especially if people like if they go unchecked then they can end up saying something so much worse and that could hurt someone so much more than they ever like intended to and that's not good for anyone is it I think that also relates to like um and I know this is a really sensitive topic so I'm sorry for people who might find this quite um sensitive to listen to but um you know in cases of like domestic violence and stuff quite often people have to people who are external from the situation of like abuse they need to step in and stand up for the victim or they need to testify because um the victim doesn't want to cross their abuser and it happens in everything it happens in arguments as well someone might say something and someone else has to step in otherwise the situation won't be resolved and the victim will just go you know carrying on with getting that abuse still and I don't really know how to explain it it's just a matter of someone has to step in somewhere otherwise someone won't get to a better place Looking at the questions you have planned, Jess, one of the questions you've got is talking about like who is easy or hard to have these sort of conversations with. Is there like um, who in particular, whether it's a group of people, a generation, like a, a section of our society, who is it hardest to have these sort of conversations with? Because you can have certain conversations with certain people. It's easier with some people and harder with others. Who is it hardest with? My parents or like my older family members does that make sense like parents grandparents it is so hard to have those conversations and it's not necessarily because they don't care or they don't believe it's just 
but they were brought up in such a different time. And I'm not calling them old or whatever, but if you're brought up in a different time, you <laughs> struggle to have those sorts of conversations. Like I could talk to some, I talk to you guys, if I'm having a bad day, I can talk to you about like, I'm having a bad day, but it's a lot harder. And I don't know if this is just me, but to talk to the older generation about all of these sorts of issues, because they're not as well educated not saying that they're not educated but they're just it's, it was a different time not as equipped to know. deal with it yeah yeah but then I think sometimes it can depend on the conversation as well because different conversations are easier to have with different people like with mental health I, I find it more difficult to speak to my parents about but I know other people who say say for like coming out who found it a lot easier to talk to their parents than they have to their friends so it can really differ on the conversation and the people as well. I agree. I think um, it's quite different depending on the group of people that we're talking about as well, because I think it does differ on a personal level as, level as well, because maybe my parents might be in the same generation as maybe another adult that I know, maybe a teacher or something like that. But then on a personal level, I might feel more comfortable talking to a teacher from their generation more comfortable with them than with my parents if that makes sense so I might find that my form tutor is easier to speak to about mental health or how I'm feeling or homework or something than how I feel it's important to talk to my parents if that makes sense is that because um they see they're like more detached we're all like very close to our parents well not not all of us but some of us um if we have parents we'll be closer to them we like live with them most of the time and so you know, if you say anything, like whoever your parent or guardian is, if you say something to them that isn't necessarily, like they might not be happy with it completely, you still got to live with them at the end of the day. Is that possibly why it might be easier to talk to someone outside of your household? Yeah. I think it's like for me. not being accepted. So like they, they can always kick you out or I don't know, that could be a bit extreme, but they can always just disown you. It's, yeah, like in quotations, but I I would like to just mm. add on that. I think it's especially with people who I look up to and who I want to impress. So there's people who I really don't care what they think about me in our generation. But then there's other people like you guys who I want to have a better image of me in your heads, if that makes sense. I think that's just a human thing to have. I want to seem like a good person to you. So I think I might act differently around different people. And maybe that that's like being two-faced or maybe it's just like a human reaction to being in a different like circumstance because we, we automatically adapt because of our biology to like different circumstances. So... I think it's, it just depends on the situation, on the person, on the conversation. I think it's just a big fat, it depends. Yeah, like, I really agree with you. Like, it depends because for me, like, it's so much easier to have the difficult conversations with my family because they raised me in a way that, like, you don't, you can't just accept everything. You've got to question things. And so if it's ever, like, I've had loads of com- conversations with my parents about sexuality and Um, the Black Lives Matter movement and politics that's just the kind of conversations we have over the dinner table so it is really like it really depends on the person because I feel really safe around them to have those discussions without you know feeling afraid that this could happen or this could happen so yeah it depends on the person. Going um, off of what Jess said about wanting to like not impress but don't care what those people that's why I feel like it's harder for 
me at least to talk to the older because generation because I feel like they expect me to be this kind of way like they expect me because I'm the oldest out of my like siblings and cousins and whatever they expect me to be like not a role model but that kind of figure that doesn't really have those sorts of issues shouldn't really be talking about these sorts of things and should be an example to the younger people that's so like going off of what Jess said yeah it it, it does depend on who you are talking to I think yeah we have a general sort of point that in, in environments that sort of encourage you to speak out and stuff we find it more comfortable and also environments with people that we know are like us so within our generation uh within our personality type or whatever and also with the way that the older generations have been raised they put they depending on our parents of course and or our guardians they may have been raised in a different sort of environment where it wasn't okay to talk about some sort of things and that's had an impact on us but I think that is a good time now for you just to ask the school question so in schools like in the education system is there a space made is there adequate room for us to be able to call teachers out and have difficult conversations with different like with our peers in school as well like is there a good amount of space for us to talk about that kind of stuff I think that depends on the school some people would have gone to a school that sort of encouraged that sort of thing I don't know whether um for us um going to like a grammar school it was a lot more like stressful but I think they made more of an em- uh, emphasis on the grades that we got and how well we did in school rather than how we were actually feeling and while yeah. they might have done like once in a while I've been like oh, stress exists unconscious bias exists uh some people have different sexualities um and it was sort of more like a let's bring up this thing just for the sake of an assembly and move on from it you know um it there was yeah. never like a environment I feel where we could actually discuss and and properly sit down and talk about the way that we're feeling because school is so much more than just I go here to learn and leave this is where um a lot of our friends are um a lot of our bonds and and strength like you know the, the only time we have to truly connect with one another is at break and lunchtime and sometimes it's so short and the days are so stressful that we can't even bring up the energy to to talk, have an actual conversation with each other I think in a forum where everybody has the same emphasis whether you've got mental health issues or not everyone still needs a chance to be able to properly talk about how they feel everyone still needs that sort of environment and I think that certain schools I guess it depends where you go but in some places it's easier than others and I think the places where it's easiest is where they make an actual space and time set for people to actually talk to one another about how they feel I think it's also a matter of like making the conversation natural because I think they make it a lot of artificial like sheets and worksheets for us to go through about the Black Lives Matter movement because that's just not how it works that's not how you educate people you educate people through having difficult conversations and calling people out on the things that they've done wrong and I think we haven't been in the education system calling people out for the stuff they're doing wrong we haven't been saying there is institutionalized racism in exams in the way that the exams are written in the way that all of our lessons are structured there is there are things wrong in our system that need change but we haven't been talking about it yeah I agree with you there Jess that you can't have a worksheet on such a big and important topic you can't just have a worksheet and oh there you go get on with it because that that's just not how it works that's too artificial it's not actually making a difference it's just it's like you're setting a quota for how many times you need to talk about racism and then there you go nobody's racist anymore like that's not going to work that will never work 
like respect proof. to all the institutions and stuff that make an effort to enable schools to talk about these certain things but at the same time for a natural student having to sit through that to have to just do a worksheet and to say again like um just putting it down on a worksheet you know isn't as effective as as actually being able to talk about it it's more like you're just doing it for you know it's another test it's another quiz it's another grade it's another thing you've got you either get it right or you get it wrong and then that's the end of the day you go I feel like the ability to have difficult conversations within school is heavier on like your friend group dynamic and the ability to talk about those things within your friend group rather than how able you are to talk about that in school like from what the teachers do and what the staff do I think it relies more on your friend group and what you will talk about with those people then again that's sometimes easier said than done because not being funny uh, so at one point in my life as much as I love the people that I've um, interacted with throughout my school life there are certain people that I just wouldn't have certain conversations with I wouldn't talk to them about certain things just because of how they were or the type of things that they were interested in so and remember, not everyone listening will have friends. Not everyone will be in a in a dynamic or a group where they feel safe enough and comfortable enough to talk to the people around them. Or maybe they don't even have people around them. For me now, like moving to a new school, Matt, I don't know if you've got the same problem because you kind of returned to the same school that you've left. But at the same time, I don't feel like I properly connect with a lot of the people around me. And that's been difficult in the fact that where I would have talked to certain people about certain things, I can't talk to anyone now. And that's a little bit lonely in some senses. And so I think when we think about, you know, like putting that responsibility on the people around us, like in our friend group, not everyone has friends or not everyone has friends that they can actually connect with in that type of way. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I said it relies on the structure of your friend group and the dynamic of that group. Yeah. yeah, but there also should be more emphasis on the school because I went to a mixed school before and the only time issues were ever brought up was if someone was pregnant, oh, oh, suddenly it's sex education and that's never been provided before or someone overdoses and then they finally recognise that there's a massive drug problem in the school. There is no form of education and there is no form of like head-on approach to deal with social or even political issues in a school environment and a lot of the time it's not even due to friendship dynamics it's also due to lack of education because if the school aren't supplying the basic knowledge on what is going on in the world a lot of people won't have access to the resources to actually find out for themselves in like I feel like in school difficult those sort of difficult conversations aren't had unless there's something that brings them to light exactly I've, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you there on uh, with you. It's like they only acknowledge really bad issues when someone's actually suffering from it. It's a really circumstantial kind of thing. If someone is like really hurt or overdoses or so there's like a teen pregnancy situation going on. If something happens, as soon as that happens, the whole school's like, oh my gosh, we need to be aware of this. Something's gone wrong. But they're not taking it at its root. And that's as soon as you enter the school as soon as you step in the, in the school is their job the whole point of the education system is to educate you if they're not educated you on life then they're not an education system they're just a system but isn't that the same problem we have in society take black lives matter yeah. or even like lgbt rights and trans rights um taking those all into that consideration the only times that they've actually like gained any traction is when something drastic happens yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's the same thing that happens in society. So if we allow it to happen in society, then why not allow it to happen in schools? I'm not saying that's how it exactly. should be, but that's how it is at the moment. Yeah. 
like what one death has sparked like loads and now everyone's suddenly aware of all the deaths that are happening and it, it then slowly over time that's going to dissipate and then mm. the problem's going to happen again and then it'll go up and then it'll go down it's just a peak graph it goes like that and it's just it's really awful to watch it happen in every single system but I think that does it brings to light the fact that we are in a corrupt system. And I know that might sound like really revolutionary or something like that, but it's not a very radical idea to say that we're in a system and it's a little bit broken. Well, not even just a little bit, but it's broken. We're living in a broken society, which we're left as our generation to fix. And I think that's quite unfair, but it's what we're left with. So we have to deal with it now. I feel like in our society, it's like, the media radicalizes basic human rights and a lot of the time that's the reason black lives matter or lgbt rights get traction because they insinuate that these protests are riots and they make out like the idea for marriage equality or integration which something that should have actually been fully completed years and years and years ago they make out like that is something that is insanely liberal and leftist but actually it's just basic human decency. School, one of the main purposes of school is to prepare you for real life, like outside of school when you're working. And you're going to meet people who have those issues. Like, you know, there might be a person of colour or they might be gay or they might be trans. Like, you're going to meet those people. And if you're not educated about it, like, because if you don't talk about it with your family, you don't talk about it with your friends and you, you definitely don't learn it at school, then how are you going to be prepared to deal with those people that you meet and, you know, be able to understand the people that you might call your friends one day if you don't know anything about their struggles or how to, you know, deal with it. Good point. Yeah. Hey guys, it's me. We're just going to have a short break and I just want to mention that the song you're about to hear was written by a member of The Loud Table and you can find her on Instagram at Danny underscore musical. That's D-A-N-I underscore musical. Enjoy. We're Gen Z and we want change Viewpoints, well, we've got a range And we're not too young We know what we're talking about We're not gonna be quiet We'll be loud And that's saying that we do have to have a difficult conversation back Just leading back to the whole point of the podcast Like this episode, we're talking about having difficult conversations And calling people out is always going to be uncomfortable and it's always going to be difficult. So I think it's time that like, cause our generation, especially on Twitter and on social media have been calling celebrities out for doing things wrong. And so I think it's just like important that we take that to another level and we start talking to people about like, you know, what you said there or your level of representation or something like that, that's not enough for us. You know, we want more than that. And kind of making big companies like Netflix who make films to make more films that actually represent what life is like as a person of a minority group or a minority group. There's quotation marks there. Actually, you were talking about like brands and stuff and trying to get brands to like, you know, make movies representing us and stuff. I'm going to say as a creator of this podcast, the one of the reasons that I also wanted to start it was that at some point, don't you get tired of being like, please, please represent me. Please, 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 could you take a minute to represent me? Like, no, at some point, we just got to do it ourselves. So look at us. I've created this platform 
and we can all come and talk about how we actually feel and make a difference. And maybe someone might not be able to turn to Nike or, or turn to Netflix and, and, and see themselves there, but at least they have an option to come here and see themselves represented here and maybe have a chance to use their own voice because at the end of the day the longer that we spend waiting around for people to do it for us we might as well just do it ourselves yeah yeah Woo. we're celebrating <laughs> difficult conversations okay. are things that have to be said and you have to do and the whole part of a difficult conversation is that it's gonna make you uncomfortable but they need to be had because these are the things that then either bring you together or like show you who your true friends are. So I think what I'm taking from this is that difficult conversations need to be had and they will be uncomfortable and they might be difficult, but they have to be had regardless. I don't know if anyone else, but yeah, that's no, what I'm that's taking. Really good. I just want to say like, um, so a bit like how Isla's just done, but is there anything that you want the audience to specifically take away from this episode? Because remember, we, we're all about empowerment. We want to make our generation feel good. So we've talked about the negatives and the and the slight positives and stuff like that. But what do you want people to take away from this? What do you want people to know? If you were sat here listening to this episode rather than recording it with me and Jess, um, what would you want to take away from it? What would you want us to say? Stand your ground. Ooh. Yeah, okay. you have your own opinions. So have your own opinions, but prepare that other people aren't going to view the same opinions as your way. But still, yeah. Set same. boundaries and don't let people cross them. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's really it's your good. turn. You need to you need to give us a yes. all the uh, sometimes, sometimes you need to tell people uh things even if you don't want to tell them. Sometimes you need to. For the better of yourself. Yeah. I say don't be afraid to speak your mind. Even if you make other people mm-hmm. uncomfortable, at the end of the day, you do what's best for you and not what's best for somebody else. Yeah, That's not being rights. selfish. That's not being selfish. Obviously, of course, you're going to put yourself first above everyone else. That's not being selfish. That's just looking at yourself. If it's, if it's reasonable, do, do what's best for your mental and your... Um, you're like you're who you are as a person rather than say oh they they might hate me everyone might hate you everyone might love you no one actually tells each other how they feel about each other properly so at the end of the day just do what's best for you because at the end of the day who is it that's going home with you today who is it when you're alone in your bedroom that's going to be with you it's you yourself so you always have to put yourself first because you can't you can't run away from yourself I'm sorry. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I hope there's not someone else tomorrow. <laughs> well, <laughs> unless he's like it. standing over me as I'm sleeping. Edward Cullen, who? <laughs> 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 Regardless, um, unless you're Bella from Twilight, um, you're, you're, you're alone all the time. You're, you're, the only person you have is yourself. Well done, so make sure you put yourself first. Okay, so that was The Loud Table. Thank you all for listening. We hope that you enjoyed this episode about uncomfortable conversations as much as we enjoyed recording it. And thank you, Jess, for joining me. Thank you for having me. Remember, if you listeners like what you're hearing, follow me on your podcast streaming service to be alerted whenever I upload a new episode. This podcast will be running every other Sunday and will be available on Podbean, 
Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. If you have any feedback for me or topics that you'd like to hear covered on this podcast, you can let me know by commenting on the Podbean app or join us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. But that's it today. It's been Ali A. And Jess. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you next episode. Bye. Bye. For the outro, guys, I just like make a compilation of Isla singing Christmas songs and put it as the Yes. <laughs> yes. We should, we should have, have a Zoom home. carol service. Guys, I've got my fingers really bad. I, I could harmonize with you. Wait, wait, Isla, go. That's what you get. I sing Christmas songs in October. Merry Christmas. Everybody's having fun. It's Christmas. Look to the future now. It's only just begun. That was so demonic. <laughs> <laughs> Is that sugar?